Coming to you from BLC Studios in Mankato, Minnesota, this is the Bethany Vikings Podcast. Hosted by Brock Aker, Jake Anderson, and Gabe Stace. It's time to go inside Bethany Athletics. Welcome back to another edition of the Bethany Vikings podcast. Thank you for joining us here. We just got back from a spring break. That's why we're off last week. This week, it's going to be an all audio podcast, but it's loaded with three different interviews with Liam Peterson from the Bethany baseball team, Eden Ambrose from the Bethany softball team, and Marcos Barobia of the men's tennis team. I'm joined by Jake Anderson this week and Gabriel Stace. Uh, how did you guys have a good spring break or was it bad? Or what was it? Well, I mean, mine uh, mine was all right. It was uh, a lot of working and a lot of just training by myself and stuff like that. Got to spend time with family and whatnot, go to a concert. But uh, overall, mine was more uh, relaxed than uh, I think Gabe's was going to Hawaii and just, you know, enjoying. Hey, on the bright side, he at least brought back nice weather. Okay, can we all just... Just appreciate that for a second. I don't know. When, the, when this podcast comes out, I think it's supposed to be raining and cloudy. All right. Well, on the day we're recording this podcast, it's like 70 degrees out right now. So thank you, Gabe, for uh, bringing back the uh, nice weather with you. Uh, very much appreciate it. You're welcome. Did you say that your uh, spring break was more relaxing than mine? If so, I begged it differ. Uh, most amazing trip I've ever been on in Hawaii. Most of the time I, I am working and stuff over spring break and it's uh, kind of mundane, boring, but uh, being out in paradise for a little while was uh, a terrific break for me. Yeah, I saw all the pictures and I was just trying to hype myself up, but no, you definitely had the better spring break. But um, enough about spring break, I guess, unless we want to talk about uh, Bethany uh, softball and baseball, how they participated over spring break down in uh, um, Arizona and Florida, came back and had some uh, games uh, this past week on March 16th, softball had a doubleheader against Gustavus and split those games. Uh, Kaya Mork in the second game had a game-winning RBI in the sixth inning to give the Vikings a 5-4 to four, four victory in that one. Then on Saturday the 22nd, uh, the Viking or the 19th, excuse me, they played the number 22 um, team in the country in College of St. Benedict, dropped both of those games, but some really hard-fought games uh, between the Vikings and St. Ben's. Um, Alyssa Costa in that first game only allowed two hits, gave up three runs and a 3 to nothing loss, and then the Vikings actually led for a little bit in that second game but ended up losing by a final score of 6-4. to four. And this young Viking team getting a lot of good early experience this year, having played 17 games already and really kind of cutting their teeth a little bit, getting ready for this conference run. Yeah, 9-8, that's a pretty good record from all the quality opponents that they've played. I thought it was interesting when they played in Florida, they had a game canceled because of lack of umpires and, and then uh, some weather. So I kind of felt bad for them going all the way down there and get two games uh, postponed or canceled. But uh, they still didn't let uh, that affect them. Uh, they're still above 500, which I think says a lot about the squad. Yeah, they were able to go 4-1 and one on the trip and then come back, split with the Gusties and play – a uh, very, very good team, tough both times. And we were going back and forth about who the UMAC Women's Player of the Week should be with uh, Kaya Morg. Uh, we went, ended up going with Alyssa Costa for her performance in Game 1 against St. Benedict. Uh, pitched six innings, only gave up a couple hits, uh, three runs. Really good performance uh, from her, three walks in the game. Uh, kept, the game kept the team in it uh, all the way throughout. Yeah, they just couldn't get the bats going in the in that one for her to give her some run support, but they seemed to find that in that second game. 
Uh, looking forward to seeing how this team kind of progresses throughout the year. Let's look at baseball now. And Gabe, you can talk a little bit about baseball, especially the performance in the first game against Buena Vista on uh, Saturday the 19th and uh, the pitching performance by our men's player of the week in uh, Brody Curtis. Yeah, Curtis was outstanding, uh, pitched a complete game, nine innings, uh, nine hits, but really scattered them throughout, did a great job of making pitcher, pitches uh, when he needed to to get out of jams. Uh, one extra base hit allowed in the entire ball game, had six strikeouts. Uh, good defense, good pitching performance from him. And the key to me in both games, uh, even though they dropped the second one, they got off to a hot start. I know the first game, three straight base runners reached to begin the game and uh, added on a couple more in the second and third innings there. Uh, so good performance overall, I think, by the baseball team against a pretty good Buena Vista team. Yeah, Brody Curtis went uh, one run, complete game, uh, giving up on a complete nine-inning game without walking a batter. Um, so that that's pretty impressive. And he had that's his second career complete game. Uh, with the win in his career, he did that last year against Crown College. All right, Gabe, who ha- who leads the Vikings in hits this year in baseball? I should know this. Um, You're right. You should. Liam Peterson. I know that's wrong. No, that's right. That's right. You're supposed to say what is Liam Peterson? What Not is- I am wrong, but I'm going <gasps> to yeah. Liam Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> but Good yeah, point. Liam Peterson uh, leads uh, the Vikings and hits second with batting average 371. So you're going to want to hang around with Gabe's interview with him. On um, yeah, I think Bethany Women Player of the Week, Alyssa Costa, and we got Brody Curtis this week. We got to get a graphic, some type of pamphlet to give out to the winners. Instead of just like words, right? I'm sure they'd hang up that pamphlet and treasure it forever. They'd put it up in their locker room. I mean, why not? The only thing, if we do that, Hannah Geisel's going to be mad because she would have won like 15 of them if we did this podcast before. Um, but she's got enough awards. So I mean, I, named uh, first team All-American this past weekend. Um, yeah, that's the, unbelievable. The awards and the accolades just keep coming for her. I mean, her playing career, you know, she's hung them up now for Bethany, but... Um, just the season she had and the career he, she had. I mean, it, it, it'd be hard to believe that she wouldn't be in, like, a Bethany Athletic Hall of Fame in some way, shape, or form after everything that she's kind of accomplished and stuff like that. We've got to get back to uh, player of the year at the very end of this uh, podcast, and it might just end up going to a player that never won the Bethany Vikings podcast, the treasured Player of the Week award on this show. But what, I'm going back. I like you brought up Hannah Gessel for a second. Emma Purfus had a... Uh, social media. I don't know if it's Twitter, Facebook about her, but that is kind of remarkable. Hannah Geisel, her very first year here, she didn't win an award. Now, f- fifth year, she won like 73 of them and the All-American Award. Uh, so congratulations to Hannah Geisfeld. We'll go on to tennis, another successful team. The men's tennis winning again. Uh, they went to play Cornell University in Mount Vernon, Iowa. Cornell College. Cornell College. Cornell College so in Iowa. Cornell College. Yeah. Mount Vernon, Iowa. Thank yeah. you, Jacob, for spell check right there. And Mount Vernon, it's not where uh, Chad Greenway's from. Chad Greenway's from Mount Vernon, South Dakota. South Dakota. Common misconception. Yeah, South Dakota's better. What about Mar- Mount Vernon, Virginia, though? All right. So <laughs> the <laughs> Bethany men's tennis team won 7-2. to uh, Marcos Barobia, he got a win on singles and doubles, and I'm going to interview him here later uh, in this podcast. And this was their first ever win against Cornell College. 
And uh, they're just three and two. They're above 500. And it's going to be an interesting stat I have for them if you listen to our interview coming up. The women dropped uh, their contest three to six at Cornell as well. Uh, both teams are going to start conference play here coming up here against Northwestern. April 2nd, as uh, out-of-conference play has now ended for them. With that all being said, we appreciate you joining us here. Now stay tuned here for interviews with Liam Peterson, Eden Ambrose, and Marcos Barobia. And now the UMAC Defensive Player of the Year in men's soccer and the hottest hitter in the Bethany baseball lineup, Liam Peterson, joins the show. Liam, I want to start with your soccer season. Uh, very successful overall. Uh, dropped an overtime heartbreaker to Superior in the UMAC championship game after taking a share of the regular season championship. Can you put into words the emotions uh, that went into the season's end? Um, I would say, obviously, it's hard to lose a game in the championship when you were, uh, when you feel like you're so close. But I think ultimately what hurt the most was it was in our control. We always talk about how we handle things when they're in our control. I felt like the whole game, we had the game in our control. And in the end, obviously, it was an incredible shot. Um, I don't think too many people can do that two times in a row, two times out of 100, but it is what it is. But I know that every single person that played that year left it all on the line, and that's all we can ever ask for. Yeah, speaking of that, there is some roster turnover for next season, uh, most notably with Max Bush leaving for Division II college. Uh, but also a lot of talent returning. How do you think the program can grow through that? I think experience goes a long ways. I don't think that we have too many guys that are scared of the moment. I think we have guys that are wanting to play more than they even did this year. They're hungry to grab a starting spot, and I think the competitive nature that's within our team is the most important looking forward. Switching gears a little bit to baseball, um, batting third and playing third uh, this past weekend, um, how in the world did you have time to become such a great dual sport athlete? And has there been like any conflict in playing two or more sports, either at the collegiate level or before? Uh, it's, I don't, I mean, it's kind of what I've been doing the entire my life, uh, the entirety of my life. I've played soccer since I was three, baseball since I was four, and kind of just takes over uh, nature and all that kind of takes over. And then the hard work that I put in each off season. I mean, I feel like summer's kind of the off-season that I put in for soccer, and then winter's the off-season I put in for baseball. And doing that over and over in repetition is kind of what makes it easier in the moment. And you played basketball, too, in, in high school. Is that right? Yeah. Um, how do you get your start there, and what's been your favorite sport? Um, I would say my favorite sport would be baseball. I think it's just the amount of effort I've had to put in. I would say Baseball is the hardest sport I've ever played, and it doesn't just take waking up and going to practice. It takes a lot of time behind the scenes, and soccer is kind of more of my natural sport. But even basketball, um, I don't really have too many basketball players in the family. It's kind of just something to do during that winter, but it kind of helps when you grow eight inches your junior year, and so that kind of makes it a little bit easier. And just staying athletic keeps me conditioned and everything. Big growth spurt. Um, you you mentioned family. I know it means a ton to you. Uh, for listeners who are unaware, we lost your mom a couple years ago. How does she continue to inspire you as a person and an athlete? Um, she's the first person to believe in me, but she's also the f first person to challenge me. And I carry that throughout anything that I do, whether it be sports, school, life. I know that 
she is looking down at me, but I also know that she's the first person to kick me in the butt when I'm not doing enough. Does being on athletic teams, does that provide you with the support, uh, the support you need, the type of family feel? Yeah, I mean, obviously, every sport team I want to be a part of is I want to be a part of a brotherhood, a family. And as cliche as that sounds, I think it's the most important thing is to know that there are going to be days where I'm just not feeling it, and there's going to be days where I don't bring that competitive nature. But sometimes all I need is that emotional support, and I think I get it on uh, teams here at Bethany. This season with the baseball team, you've obviously played a huge role. Um, your team has picked up a couple big wins against some tough schools. Are you pleased with the way that you personally and the team as a whole have started? Yeah, I think uh, – Obviously, we want to win games, and we want to play our best baseball at the end of the year, but I think this is a big step in the right direction. I've been here three years now. Uh, first year, uh, COVID happened, but out of the team that I've seen, this is by far, I think, the best offensively we've done early on. And I think this is also kind of the best culture that I've seen. Uh, freshmen getting with uh, upper uh, guys, seniors, uh, leaders, and everything, and we're all just kind of meshing together in the right direction. Liam Peterson, by the way, second in batting average, uh, second in slugging percentage, and first in on-base percentage so far to start the season. Where do you see potential for this squad? You touched on it a little bit, uh, but for this season, especially as the UMAC schedule is coming up soon. Yeah, I mean, I don't see us slowing down at all. I think we can even pick things up a notch. Um, obviously, doubleheaders are tough to stay focused through 18 innings of baseball, but I think we have the right group of guys to do it. I think the main thing is we have to stay even keel. We can't get too high. Our coaches always preach that. Can't get too high, but we also can't get too low. When we play our best baseball is when we stay even keel and just do what we have been practicing in the offseason so hard. Do you or are there any guys on the team who have, like, certain superstitions to help help keep them even keel, ready for game days? Uh, Matt Verdugo, I would say, is one that has probably the most uh, rituals on the team. But I think... One thing that's good about us is that no matter what we do before game and even during the game, I think we all know that uh, we have a job to do. We ha we Everyone that's on the field has a one-ninth uh, part in doing it, and then even guys that aren't playing, they know their roles on the team, and they are ready to go in at a moment's notice. Now, you grew up in Washington. Do you still head home in the summers? Yeah, I still go home. I work. Um, I try to do some off-season work there, baseball and soccer. Um, I just try to see family during that time and spend time with my uh, sister and my little niece. And so I just try to kind of, that's my family time. That's my debrief, especially because I don't really go home during spring break. I go to Arizona during Christmas is the second time I go home, but I don't go home other than that. You follow along with the Mariners. Are you a Mariners fan? Oh, yeah. What do you think of uh, the team for the upcoming season? I'm excited. It's kind of... It reminds me a lot of kind of um, our team getting uh, our team here at Bethany. I think we have a lot of veteran guys that are going to be a part, but I think some of our more influential people are going to be guys that are stepping up or the younger guys too. Uh, other pro, pro sports out there, obviously OKC stole away the Supersonics a number of years ago. Uh, the Seahawks traded away Wilson. Is there a pro soccer team out there? Yeah, Seattle Sounders for sure. Um They've made it to the MLS Cup, I think, four out of the last five years or something like that, and they've won two. Um, they're another team I like to watch, but I'm more of an uh, English Premier League watcher um, just because I think the competitiveness in the style of soccer is what I enjoy more over there. 
Well, good talking with you, Liam Peterson. Uh, that's Junior, Liam Peterson, joining the show. Uh, best of luck to you on the rest of the season. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Joining us now on the Bethany Vikings podcast and outfielder for the Bethany softball team, senior Eden Ambrose. Glad to have you on the podcast, Eden. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. All right. So you, your team just came back from a trip down to Florida um, this past week. Tell us about that trip. What were the games like? What was the atmosphere like? I heard there was a lot of weather stuff kind of going on and whatnot impacting a couple games. So what was that experience like for your team? It was pretty exciting. Like you said, there was some weather stuff, which I'll get into. Um, but in other years, we used to go to Arizona. So this was a little bit different of an experience for us, um, which was exciting. I've gone to Arizona like my first four years on the team. So switching it up, going to Florida was a lot different. We were able to get into houses there instead of hotel rooms, which was really cool. And then playing games, it was a whole different atmosphere than playing in the dome where you're actually outside playing on dirt, everything like that. So that was exciting for us to play with. Um, and then, like you said, there was some rain delays. Um, we had a lot of weather experiences. And usually Florida only rains like a half hour and then it's done with. But it was like actually raining this time. So that was interesting. Um, you brought up how you've gone to Arizona before. Um, was this the first trip since the whole COVID pandemic started for softball, or did you guys end up going last year? We did not go last year. Our last trip was the previous year. Um, I think that was my sophomore year, and then we ended up, no, yeah, junior year, sorry. <laughs> and then we ended up having to come back, and then last year we didn't go because we didn't have the spring break, but this year we were able to travel again. So what was it kind of like, like what were the feelings like going back um, down for spring training? Because obviously in 2020 it was cut short because of um, COVID reasons and stuff like that. So what was that kind of like, just kind of the feelings going back down there? Yeah, so for me it was it was very exciting, um, kind of stressful because our team is very new this year and a lot of the girls are younger, so they haven't traveled with Bethany before because it's been like two years since we traveled. So um, I think it was only Zoe and I who have traveled with the team, maybe Alyssa. Um, so a lot was kind of on our shoulders to make sure everybody's packing what they need and everything like that. But I know everyone was really excited to go. You talk about the uh, youth of the softball team this mm -hmm. year, you being one of a couple of seniors. What's that kind of been like for you transitioning from the freshman now four years ago to now being this fifth-year senior who kind of has to step up and take a more of a leadership role for these younger players? Yeah, it's definitely been different this year. Um, we only have, I think, eight returning players this year, and then the rest of them are new, either transfer students or freshmen. So... It felt a lot like almost starting new, starting the program over, everything like that. Um, when I first came in, I was Coach Nestler's first recruiting class. So it kind of feels similar to that because we are starting the team over again. Um, and he has done a great job at rebuilding. So that's been great. Um, throughout your career here at Bethany, you've been a very consistent hitter, hitting at um, 333 on average for your career, which is one in three at-bats, which, hey, I mean, most people will take that. That's usually a pretty good batting average. What's been the key for you um, stepping up to the plate and being able to provide for Bethany's softball team with consistency that you've shown throughout your career? Um, well, I would say that 
my mentality going up to bat has been kind of more relaxed and laid back. Um, this year specifically, I've been going in with the mentality of like, this is your last year, just have fun with it, instead of putting so much pressure on myself to get a hit. So that's been pretty key for me is to just stay relaxed and not put so much pressure on myself. And I think that's showing through too, batting 429 so far this year. Um, now, for those of you listening that haven't been able to watch um, Bethany softball or Eden play, you have an interesting approach at the plate. And I'm not talking about necessarily how you're hitting or different things. It's when you're walking up to the plate, you know, your song's playing, you're getting the signs from Coach Nestler at third base, and then you almost take your bat like a lightsaber and you just fling it around. <laughs> and it gets to the point where one of our scoreboard operators um, will just make the lightning, lightsaber um noises as you're doing it and stuff like that I'll save the audience from having to hear me try to recreate it but um when did that start because it seems like you do it almost every at bat uh walking up to it and Mm -hmm. stuff like that where you just swing the bat around and then you know we're locked in now and ready to go yeah I love that you've related it to a lightsaber my freshman year they actually did the same thing they'd make like the noises and stuff so I actually love that um it's been something that I've done ever since I was little I don't know why I just do it um, but I usually look up at my bat before I, I go and then I do my little, my little lightsaber thing and then, and then I'm ready, checked in at the plate. This year, I, I thought you would maybe like get, do you have like an all green bat for one game and then just all red, you know, just get like different like <laughs> lightsaber colors or are you just kind of like, nope, this is the bat we're using and stuff like that. And yeah, um, I'm kind of stuck with my Marini, the one that okay. I usually use. I like it, but. Maybe we can get, like, spray paint or something, add some different colors on there <laughs> later in the season. Might as well get, like, a Jedi costume then or something, too. If they had, like, a co- like a dress-up day for senior day or something like that, you could just be <laughs> like, yep, I'm a Jedi now or something like that. Um, talking about your playing career still, um, uh, your freshman year and your sophomore year, you were listed as a pitcher. Your fresh- freshman year, you were um, had some games in there and stuff like that. Was pitcher kind of a position you came in like, yeah, I'll try this out and play it, or was it just kind of based off of a need of the team at that time, or what was that kind of like for you? Actually, I used to pitch like I used to be a main pitcher in high school and everything like that, um, and I actually pitched on like a national traveling team. So coming to Bethany my freshman year, we had Anna Pippenhagen. She was a senior star pitcher, so it was kind of she pitched the like most of it, and then if I was needed, I would come in. Um, and then after that, I, I kind of stuck more in the outfield and wanted to be more outfield where I would get my playing time, everything like that, and I felt like there was more of a need there. So kind of switched to mainly outfield for me. Okay. Um, so how do you prepare for like a game, like pregame? All right, we've got either a bus ride or, you know, it's before – day of a game and stuff like that um are you more of a nap person do you listen to music do you do some like homework and just like I got to focus on this before we get to the other stuff do you knit like what are some of your kind of like pregame routines or quote-unquote rituals yeah okay well definitely not napping I feel like I'd be a little bit tired um usually wake up like in a haze so I usually try not to nap on game days um I would say the biggest thing that I do is listen to music um, I have a couple songs that I like listen to specifically right before um, I go out and play um, on the car ride, everything like that. So music is a big thing for me. 
Okay. Um, what's been your favorite place to play at? Obviously, you've played in um, Arizona, played in Florida, um, had the chance to play at the Dome uh, over at MSU and different things like that. What's been kind of like your favorite place or area to play at? Mm, great question. I would probably say Arizona was my favorite um, place to travel and play just because my first year when I've never been to Arizona until I came to Bethany and played there. And I was so amazed with how cool the complexes look. There's mountains in the background. Um, it's actually warm out and it's the middle of winter. <laughs> so it was just like surreal. So I really like playing there. Florida was great too. but mm. A little, little less rainy maybe in uh, Arizona. But mm -hmm. um, what about go-to snack or meal in between games? Like what are you, like first thing, like you're grabbing out of uh, out of your bag or different things like that. What's what's kind of like your go-to? Like, all right, I need something quick in between games here. Okay, if it's something quick, I either go for a rice crispy, or I really like trail mix, and I'm big on fruit. So okay. those would be my my three things. Okay. Um, if you had one more spring training trip, where would you want to go? Hmm. Is this out of like Arizona or Florida or literally uh, anywhere, anywhere? Um, we'll say in the United States. Okay. We'll we'll put it. I think I would want to go to California. Okay. Um, I had one tournament over in California for my traveling team, and the atmosphere was amazing. So I think that it'd be really cool to go back to California. Okay, and we'll we got one more question here this <laughs> year. Um, Bethany was picked number one in the UMAC conference tournament standings. Um, what would the feeling be for you to be able to kind of go out on top and not only like win the regular season uh, championship, but then also to win the uh, tournament championship for the first time in almost a decade for this team? Yeah, that is definitely the goal. I, I get goosebumps just talking <laughs> about it. This has been something that we've been striving for since my freshman year we came in. We thought we had it um, sophomore year. We came a little bit short. Um, we had a good opportunity junior year. We didn't get that chance. Last year, we also had a chance. So, like, this year is our year. Um, this is probably the best team that I've played with in the years that I've played. And, yeah, I, I think we can make it this year, and I'm really excited about it. All right. Well, we want to wish you the best of luck, and we want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Once again, this has been Eden Ambrose of Bethany Softball. Good luck the rest of the season, Eden. Thank you so much. We are now joined by Bethany men's tennis player Marcus Barobia. Uh, he plays number two singles this year. He played number one singles last year. Uh, Marcos, uh, your team is full of people from different countries. Where are you from? I am from Spain. I'm from Zaragoza. It's a, it's a big city located like in the northeastern part of Spain. So yeah, I come from there. I. How did you hear about Bethany? Uh, I was just looking for a place where I could study media arts. That's where I'm currently studying while playing tennis. And Bethany was both good academically and economically for me. So I just decided to come here. And on top of that, I was able to play tennis. So perfect. Did they like send you some emails, flyers, or when was the first time you heard of this college? I heard through an agency in Spain. There's okay. like uh, agencies that talk to different universities and they can contact you with the coaches or the admissions offices or the different people that are going to get you there. Awesome. Oh, well, so moving on to this year, you guys are three and two. 
last year there was a lot of players I think you and Nicholas were really the only ones that really recruited <laughs> to play tennis uh, so what kind of has been the difference this year that you've been a little more successful other than me not being on the team anymore <laughs> no you did a good job last year uh, <laughs> I believe that yeah that nicely done recruitment by Tony getting us those uh, internationals also those transfers so we have a big depth in the team now even with some injuries we're suffering now from Antonio he can not play because of his shoulder we still have the depth enough to keep getting those wins like this past Saturday against Cornell so I think that's been the success just the new players they come from countries where tennis is a big thing and they've been playing really good and we have the depth enough to have those uh, secured wins in every spot and uh, this year, you, you've won your last two singles, your last two doubles. So what has been really working for you um, these last couple matches? Well, this last couple matches has been like more of a mindset change. I went to them more relaxed, with less nerves, because it's not conference play yet. So I'm just like taking it as a practice, and it's been working out for me. I also went through a couple like racket string changes that been giving me more confidence in my shots. So that's probably what's been working for me yeah so you so last year just for perspective for people that are listening bethany was one and eight uh this year they're already three and two wins against cornell st mary's that the college has never won uh, in their history um a lot of that is due to marcos uh and then like you said the recruiting with carlos french he's the number one and uh how has he made you a better player because he's your doubles partner oh that's just like constant pushing each other fighting to see who's better in the practices just playing against each other today i'm gonna beat you today you're gonna beat me that's how it works so it's just pushing each other and that's getting us both to a great a really good level and carlos won a uh, umac player of the week february 28th a uh, very special player uh, i know you were a big part of him coming to uh, bethany how did you recruit him and get him here well he came through the same agency so they basically gave him my phone number and we started texting. He gave me a few calls, and he made a decision to come here. So I'm glad he did. And he's from Brazil? No, he's from Spain, too. He's from Spain as well. Yeah. So you never heard of him until you texted him? or No, and that's that's pretty interesting because I did play in some clubs that he was playing to, but I never got to play against him before, and I had never heard of him. But we had probably been like in the same tournaments in Spain before. So in Spain, I know that's, is that where the French Open is or where's the French Open for a major for tennis? Uh, it's in Paris, I believe. It's in Paris? Yeah. Um, so that's the clay court. In Spain, where you play, is that a lot more clay court or what kind of yeah. surface is that? It's all clay court, yeah. So can you explain uh, to the listeners that what really is the big difference between clay and hard court? Well, basically clay is just a slower surface where the ball gets a much bigger spin into the ball. So longer points, more like baseline game, more point elaboration before hitting the final shot because you cannot hit a winner as easy as you can in the in the hard surfaces because they're much quicker. And you can hit the winner pretty easily. The serves are really strong in, in hard court. The volleys are also a thing that the players use as a big resource to win the points. So it's more like is the game plan that you bring into the different surfaces that makes the big difference. So it, there's an adaptation process between the clay court and the hard court that takes a little bit of time. But in yeah. all the courts that you've played here, though, in America, they've all been hard courts. Yeah, all of them. Um, how do you think those matches last year, uh, all the 
the matchups were against UMAC opponents um, because of kind of with COVID and everything. But you guys played five games now before uh, conference. How do you think those matches have helped prepare you to get right into the UMAC and hopefully finish uh, better than last year? It's it's really nice playing against uh, some like good schools from other conferences because it can be positive for you to get those like tight wins. So like you really have to work for them. And also to get like this like big defeats like against Gus Davis, for example, we got nine owed. But that was so good for the team because you learn so much from them. Since they're such a big tennis school, you get to see everything that they do. You you have to fight against them and then that you see your mistakes, you see what they do, you bring it to practice, you make it better. So that's definitely making us better before the conference and that's something we couldn't do last year. And speaking of uh, getting better, this might possibly be the best uh, tennis team here in a long time. I was looking through the stats on the website. Uh, it goes through 2005, and there's never been a Bethany men's tennis team that's finished over 500. Right now you guys are over 500, three and two. Uh, what would that mean to you if you guys finish above 500 being the first team to do that and you being a huge part of it? Well, that's that would be a great thing i don't know it's such a big thing i guess i, I didn't know that that just surprised me a lot because i know there's been a couple of good teams in the past like our assistant coach uh, dalton he's a former tennis player from bethany and they had a pretty decent team but i didn't know so yeah that would be a pretty big thing and i think we would celebrate it that's awesome i'm not trying to put any pressure i was just <laughs> looking through the past i'm like holy cow man we we have something special here um, you guys have about two weeks uh, off here until you play at Northwestern to start your conference. Uh, what are you going to be working on in practice here the next two weeks? As a team or personally? I guess both. That's the interesting thing about uh, tennis is you, you also you play singles, but then you do doubles too. So there's some team atmosphere, but it's kind of like golf too. It's up on all on your shoulders sometimes as well. For doubles, we've been struggling a lot to get wins. If we get them, they're normally like pretty close. Like on Saturday, we had to. Uh, we had to save like six match balls, Carlos and I, to win the match. So that's something we like. We're we're proud of winning that game, but we're not proud of bringing it to such a tight point before winning it. So we're trying to get easier wins in doubles, come up to the net better because we're internationals, a big part of the with the lineup, and we're not used to that net game. So we have to adapt for that in doubles, and it's taken us a bit. We've taken a lot of double losses already, but. If we can work on that in these two weeks, we'll probably have big success in conference. And then personally, just basic strokes. So, like, just keep it going. I don't know. Last year, you, you played some doubles with Javier. Um, he spoke the same language as you and Carlos uh, does. Do you think that's an advantage that you guys can speak your native language going against people that and they don't know what you're saying? Uh, it is a communication advantage, and it does, like, piss some people off in the other teams. <laughs> but, well, we're just focused on our game, and if we both have our native language and we can speak it, we just do it. So, yeah, it definitely helps with the communication, and the other teams are not happy about it, but it's better for us, so it's all that matters. So Northwestern, they sent uh, me and you when I was on the team last year home in the playoffs. Uh, I think this is probably a big measuring stick for you guys. Um, I don't think we ever won a point. I think we went 0-9 both uh, rounds. Uh uh, do you expect uh, you guys to be a little more competitive uh, this year? Yeah, we we're de we're definitely looking forward to be much more competitive this year, uh, especially with the preseason we're having. We we don't want to 
say we're gonna have big success, but so far we're we're doing good and we want to keep going that way. So it your ride is gonna be definitely a nice measuring stick that game, and I hope we just play our best and whatever happens happens. All right, well, I'll end with some rapid-fire questions here uh, for you. I appreciate you joining here. I think I got six of them here. Okay. So the first one is, how many different languages can you speak? I can speak three. And they're English? Spanish and French. Awesome. Okay, well, who's your favorite musician? Uh, Mozart? I don't know. Mozart? <laughs> I thought it would you be Shakira. Is Shakira oh, from there? you mean like any musician? Yeah, like, any oh, music. Okay. I don't know. I would go for like Bat Bunny or something like Latino music. Okay. Yeah. Who's your favorite tennis player? Uh, I would say historically Roger Federer. As of right now, Nadal or Alcaraz, both of the Spaniards that are up there. So, yeah. If you didn't play tennis, what sport would you play? I played a lot of sports in my life, probably like six or seven. I would probably be playing either basketball or soccer. Those are the other two that I played the most. What's your favorite American food? Uh, burgers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that's what we or, are a lot known or for. steak, maybe, yeah. Steak? Yeah. And then what's your biggest uh, pet peeve about Americans? One on that one. Uh, it sounds like there's a lot of them with that. <laughs> no, no. Punctuality is so different. Punctuality? Yeah. In America, everyone's where they should be, where they should be meeting with someone like 15 minutes earlier. And where I'm from, you, you're you there at the time you said or later. So my first year, I was always late. And I was always like in practice, coach would always like say like, you need to start having better, like, you know, punctuality. And yeah. That's interesting. Well, Marcos, I appreciate you joining here, uh, learning about the tennis team. I think this was the first time a men's tennis player has been on the podcast in all three seasons. So I'm glad you made the time for us, and good luck against Northwestern in a couple of years.